This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. The following is a sponsored program. Zoomer Radio and MZ Media Incorporated do not endorse any of the statements or opinions made by the contributors. For everything, any health ailment at all or preventing anything, you want to stick to the very basics as a foundation, which is get a good night's sleep, eat healthy, a well-balanced diet, drink a lot of water, and try and exercise because no matter what you're doing and no matter what you're trying to resolve, those will help. Welcome to The Tonic. I'm your host, Jamie Busson. And on our 100th show, we're here to talk about your health and wellness. Today, we'll learn that there's an herbal remedy for just about any ailment you can think of. We'll discuss homelessness in Toronto and what we can do about it. We'll hear about the ins and outs of blood sugar control. And lastly, we'll find out why we should care about mobility and flexibility. But first, a little bit of business. Today's sponsor is Purely Natural. Their Liquid Greens Chlorophyll is the only line of soluble, grit-free, and great-tasting greens on the market. Liquid Greens can easily be mixed with your favorite drink to provide a sustained, natural boost of energy to help you get through your day. There's Unflavored, which is great with orange juice. The mint flavor is cool and refreshing. Dark chocolate has all the health benefits of a salad, but with that great chocolate taste. And for that extra detox boost, try Activated Charcoal and Mint. Enjoy the energy, enjoy the detox, enjoy the great taste. Purely natural. Joel Thuna is a master herbalist and general manager of Purely Natural. He strives to improve the quality of natural products on the market and passes along his knowledge of herbal remedies through lectures and articles. Joel's been with Tonic Magazine for over a decade and with the Tonic talk show since day one. And I thought it only fitting that he should be our first interview of our 100th show Couldn't think of anybody better to do it. Welcome back to The Tonic, my friend. Thank you, as always. I am incredibly honored and humbled. (laughs) Well, you know, that's what we do here. We bring people in and we humble them. (laughs) So, you know, for regular listeners who are used to the type of stuff that we talk about, we focus in on one issue and we, we really sink our teeth into it. Yep. And we talk about natural remedies. But today we're going to do things a little bit different for our 100th show. Just for the fun of it. Just for the fun of it. (laughs) For the hell of it. We're going to talk about how herbal remedies are really available for a lot of common ailments and things that people suffer. And they may not think of it. But if they don't want to go the big pharma route, but they do want to try something different, we're going to inform them today. Great. So let's start with stuff. It's that time of year. Cold and flu season. Yep. Well, before we even go in depth into yeah. in any of the individual ones, I want to preface this by saying for everything, any health ailment at all or preventing anything, you want to stick to the very basics as a foundation, which is get a good night's sleep, eat healthy, a well-balanced diet, drink a lot of water, and try and exercise because no matter what you're doing and no matter what you're trying to resolve, those will help. When I was carrying my extra weight, and again, I I talk about this a lot, I used to weigh 242 pounds and I was not exercising. And quite frankly, I was obese. I would get sick with cold and flu probably at least two or three times a season. Oh, not a surprise. And once I started changing the way I was living by being healthier, exercising, 
eating the right foods, I maybe, I maybe get sick once a year. Maybe. Uh, having a strong foundation will, will help with everything, cold and flu right. just being one of them. Now, if you're talking cold and flu specifically, yeah. herbs that help or herbal products, you've got your oil of oregano, one of my favorites. Yes. It's foundational. I yes. start it whenever I see the first sneeze out there. Yep. That's, that's first on my list. Then you've got golden seal, a herb grown right here in Canada, mm-hmm. in specifically southern Ontario. Elder, which can be the berry or the flower or a combination of both of them, really good for flu, really good. Mm-hmm. Echinacea, also known as purple cone flower. Chaga mushroom, which is one that comes from Eastern Europe, but it's amazing and now grows here. Amazing for your immune system. And then you have also some vitamins, minerals. For example, I say vitamin C, vitamin D, and zinc. Now, with that list that you gave us, is that more preventative or is this what you take those things once you feel like you're under the weather? Is there a difference or... There is and there isn't. With with my personal bent on it is I do low dose as a preventative when I feel or someone close to me is getting ill or I, I feel myself just getting that little tickle in the back of my throat, I up the dosage. None of the things I said are going to harm you in any way. They're only going to help. So that's, that's the beautiful thing about it. There's no risk. But I don't go high dose in the season. I go low dose until I feel a need to go higher dose. And... There was a list there of maybe eight or nine items. Mm -hmm. Should we be taking all eight or nine or are there go-to ones that you would start with just to see if they're right for you? The go-to ones for me... I know oil oil of oregano. It's oil of oregano and the chaga mushroom. Those are the two that are the go-to for me. But the beautiful thing about herbal teachings and herbalism is there's no one answer to everything. Right. And find what works for you. We have... There are certain members of my family, for example, that can't handle oil of oregano. It's just too strong for them. Right. Even the encapsulated one that you don't taste is just too strong for them. So I say, I'm fine. Do chugga mushroom or do golden seal. Okay. And there's always options. Find what's right for you. That sounds like good advice. All right. Now, which of those products that you were talking about will help with immunity to fight off more of a viral as opposed to bacterial? <sighs> to help your body immune system as a yeah. whole. I don't like to do viral yeah, yeah, yeah. that because oh, that gets into issues. The big ones for me are still the same two, the oil of oregano and the chaga mushroom. Very good. Those are the two, my two go-tos. Okay. That's seasonal. Sometimes people have difficulty with digestion. You know, uh, they're eating heavier foods into mm-hmm. the fall. Perhaps they've enjoyed turkey. <laughs> Perhaps they haven't enjoyed turkey, but they've still eaten it. That's and, and or tofurkey. Tofurkey, yeah. Uh, lots of stuff that can that can tie up your system. So, if you're suffering from indigestion, is there are there any herbal remedies that might be able to help with that? Yeah, there are. But first thing, what I want to do is just explain what indigestion is because there's a bit of confusion sure. around it. Indigestion is technically a group of symptoms that often occur together, but not always. They include uh, pain, a burning feeling, discomfort, normally in the upper abdomen as opposed to the lower, the feeling of being too full too soon, especially while eating. And also a lot of people find that as soon as they're done eating, they begin to feel bloated and uncomfortable. None of that is normal. That's all considered indigestion. And eating a well-balanced diet, first step to doing that. That's a big one with the well-balanced diet. There's a raft of probiotics and enzymes that'll help with that. Mm -hmm. Just tons of them available. Ginger tea. Ginger tea is a beautiful go-to. It helps your digestion. It's also darn tasty. Peppermint. And with peppermint, you can use a tea 
Yep. My wife is in love with peppermint tea. Mm-hmm. Uh, or you can even just take the oil itself, the pure essential oil, put a couple of drops into a capsule, an empty capsule, and just swallow that. And then the other one you can do is, and I always pronounce this wrong, deglycerated licorice, also called DGL. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a form of licorice that they've removed a specific component of. And what the licorice does, which is really amazing in my opinion, is it actually coats your whole digestive system to protect it and avoid irritation. Wow. The thing about peppermint is uh, mint grows very easily in the garden. Oh, yeah. Uh, it, it can take over your garden. We have <laughs> we have mint, and you know you can make a very delicious mint tea with it, I think yep. you mentioned. So you don't even necessarily have to go and buy the fresh mint, or even on an herbal basis, you just plant some in your garden, oh, and yeah. you'll, you'll have it forever. And the nice thing is, if you plant it yourself, it does proliferate. What you yeah. do is you harvest it, and then just dry it yourself, or even put it into an ice cube tray yep. with just a little bit of water and freeze it, and then you just take that, boil your water, pop it the ice cube in. It's all good for the whole year. Little goes a long way, too. Oh, yeah. A lot of people uh, have digestive drinks, bitters, yes, amaros, mm-hmm. as the Italian call them, uh, which is means bitter, after dinner. And I find sometimes if I've eaten a big dinner, having a small Amaro after dinner will help. I'm not advocating drinking per se, but it's <laughs> but it, it can help if you're suffering oh, from Oh, definitely. What, it, what the bitters do, and I'm familiar with the European ones, primarily from Switzerland. Those, yeah. those are the bitters I'm personally familiar with. What they do is they signal your body to start digesting better and increasing the amount of digestive juices. Right. To do it. So what it does is, for lack of a better phrase, it gives it a little push yes. to digest better. Some people find great success with that. Other people can't handle it, I found. Yeah, it's I mean, it's very it, plus or minus. You have to find one that has the right taste for you. It ranges. The really bitter ones, like the Fernet Branca, <laughs> are so unbelievably bitter that most people can't drink yes. them straight. The ones that are sweeter almost taste like uh, Coke or Pepsi. I've never but, encountered those, but that sounds now, interesting. <laughs> after, after the show, I'll tell you about those. But you might want to try a bitter. Okay, so let's say you're beyond indigestion. Let's say the problem's a little bit lower. Constipation. First of all, what is constipation and, and how might an herbal remedy work? Well, constipation's a bit of an interesting one because a lot of people just don't actually know if they are constipated. They think they might. They're not sure. So it's defined as having a difficulty emptying your bowels, essentially having a bowel movement, Usually associated with hardened stool, so it makes it difficult to poop. Yep. And essentially what happens is your system slows down dramatically. And by slowing down, it's not working as efficiently as it should, and it causes problems beyond just poop. But poop is the one we see. That's how it manifests itself. Correct. Yeah. Good phrase. And you're clinically considered to have constipation when you have less than three good bowel movements a week or have hard, dry, or small bowel movements. Yep, like rabbit poop, little pellets. Yeah. And the big key beyond all of that is it shouldn't hurt. Right. Occasionally, yeah, it's going to. But if it's on a consistent basis or a regular basis, yeah. that's a problem. And there's some easy fixes that aren't necessarily herbal remedies, right? Like, I mean, drinking water is just yeah. going to help, right? It just is. Yeah. Pure, clean water will never hurt Right. <laughs> when it comes to your digestive system. It just keeps things flowing. Eating fresh fruits and vegetables. Right. They're loaded with a ton of nutrients, and they also have a whack of fiber, and they get your system moving. You're, right. We're designed to eat them. 
is the easiest way to say it, so eat them. Right. Some people find that having coffee helps the system move. Coffee's a bit of a double-edged sword, and some people it'll work at some times of the day. Yeah. In in the same person at a different time of the day, it could actually cause the opposite effect. Oh, I didn't know that. For me, it is helpful. And that might be too much information (laughs) for our listeners, but I find coffee helpful. Also, I'm a big believer in oatmeal. I get my fiber that way. Uh, And I know we've we've discussed soluble and insoluble fiber before, and we, we can address that in a moment. But hey, if your breakfasts include a lot of white bread and you're having difficulties... You I'm might cringing wa- as you say that. Yeah, you, you <laughs> might want to try some oatmeal because I find it helpful yeah. as well. The big one for me, you do oatmeal. My breakfast every day is the exact same thing. I take a handful of berries, some yep. fruit, a little bit of 0% yogurt, yep. and throw in some granola. That yep. is my breakfast every single day. I have fresh fruit with my granola, and of course that helps too. Yep. So fiber, obviously, I know your company sells fiber. That's, that is going to be a big help if you, if you have constipation, right? Definitely. And there's, as you said earlier, you want to do the soluble and insoluble, both of them together. So you might want to take actually more than one fiber supplement. Yep. The ones I would suggest are inulin-based for your soluble one, like my Fiberific, or the for insoluble, I also say to use glucomannan. Okay. Glucomannan is an extract from a root. It's called the konjac root, mm-hmm. and it is wonderful. It works really well at getting the system moving quite quite quickly. The other big thing we suggest is always take probiotics and also take magnesium. Yes. Magnesium is helpful for you in many ways, and for your digestive system, it gets it moving. Well, I didn't, I didn't realize that. I, our next topic is one that I know magnesium will certainly help with, and that's getting a good night's sleep. Definitely. No question. It helps with that, especially if you're someone who is uh, restless Yes. Uh, with muscle twitching, as unfortunately a lot of men have. That works wonders on that. Wonders. The other big things there, you've got chamomile, lavender, valerian. And with those, you could do them, for example, the chamomile and lavender, you could do essential oils, right. just have the scent around, tea. or you can take the tea yep. or capsules. All of them are possible. Valerian, scent not so pleasant. You'll want that in a capsule. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know that. Okay. Oh, yeah. And uh, another one is melatonin, but the big thing with me, melatonin, I'm a firm believer in it on a short-term, infrequent basis, right. not long-term. It's helpful if you're going to different time zones to get to sleep, right? Wonderful for that. Wonderful for that. I just don't recommend it. In fact, I recommend against taking it on a long-term basis. Okay. A lot of our listeners uh, lead stressful lives, unfortunately, and that's a big topic for people. So what about for stress and anxiety? Are there herbs that can help us with that? The beautiful thing is there's a whole family of herbs around that, and they're called adaptogens. And the Mm -hmm. reason they're called adaptogens is they help your body adapt and survive and thrive in stress situations. Some of the big ones with that are uh, Siberian ginseng, imperial ginseng, ashwagandha, Mm -hmm. which is also known as Indian ginseng. B-complex vitamins help a lot with that. Big proponent of those. And there's also something I'm going to say for the first time here, pine bark extract. Yeah, we haven't discussed that before. We have never discussed that. What is that? It's an extract taken from, quite frankly, the bark of pine trees, and there's specific places around the world that do it. I was going to say, you're not advocating going up to a local pine tree and, no. and, and ripping off some bark and chewing it. It's Definitely like, not. Okay, you, you want the extract. They're done quite specific way. And what they are is they have in them a class of antioxidants 
And these antioxidants are wonderful at numerous things. And one of the big ones is stress. They work really well at helping your body handle stress. And, and we've discussed it before. In addition to herbal remedies for stress, mindfulness is always helpful. Definitely. Getting a good night's sleep. Mm-hmm. And again, diet and exercise, right? Can't speak enough about them. And another one is also fish oil. Fish oil. Which isn't herbal. Hmm. Yep. Fish oil, they find, helps your body adapt to stress. I didn't. I, I hadn't heard that before. See, yeah. I learn something new every time you come on the show. <laughs> An offshoot, which is a little bit different than stress and anxiety, is mood. Yes. I, I'm known as kind of a moody dude. So, what, so what, <laughs> what, what should I be taking to help with moods? If it's a moderate problem, there's something we can help with. Right. If it's a serious problem, that's when you want to seek professional right. help. Don't try and fix that on your own. Yeah. Because. You can make the situation worse. Yep. If it's mild, St. John's wort, B-complex vitamins, and something called SAM-E, which I'm going to have fun with this one, yeah. S-adenosyl-L-methionine. It comes from an amino acid, and it helps mood regulation. On top of that, again, your fish oil, they all help. Fantastic. Okay, so we have time for one more topic. So I'm going to name a couple. You tell me which one you want to end up with. We can talk about virility. We can talk about aches and pains. We can talk about weight loss or longevity. Pick one of those. I'm going to go for virility. All right. And the reason I am is it's sexy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Big thing to let people know first, it's natural for people's sex drive to decline once you're in your late 40s, early 50s. Yeah, tell me something I don't know. (laughs) And slowly go down. Yeah. So don't let that stress you. It's not... You, it's life. That's what happens. Because the stressing of it just makes it worse. Right. Now, what you can do, again, diet's huge, water, exercise, and sleep. Big things. Big, big, big things. Then you do have some things you can do. One, a multivitamin mineral. A good one. Don't go to a store and get the the one that's on sale that's the cheapest. Get a good one. Mm -hmm. There are... Horny goat weed. Yep. I know it sounds uh, funny, but it does actually work. And you'll never forget that what it's for. Yeah, yeah correct. And neither will anyone else who sees the label. <laughs> Pine bark yep. again, and then there's another one called bois bande. And bois bande is amazing in that it works mainly for men. Yep. And it has a good good success rate in many of the problems. The good thing about in this is it's not just for women, these products. The horny goat weed, the pine bark, and the multivitamin will also work for women, not just men. But the boa bande, that's for men. Excellent. Thank you so much for coming on our show today. We'll have you back next month with more herbal remedies for us, right? Great. It is always my pleasure. I look forward to this every month. We've got to take a short break, but when we return, we'll discuss homelessness in Toronto and what we can do about it on The Tonic. It's new. It's powerful. It's the next generation. It's Purica Recovery 3.0, a new formulation for inflammation relief and healing that brings together the strength of the original Purica Recovery with the rapid relief of Purica Curcumin 30% BDMC. It's a powerful antioxidant, anti-inflammatory, and immunity optimizer all in one. It works by repairing the damage and relieving the stress that's at the root cause of pain. It's Purica Recovery 3.0, and it's coming soon from Purica. For more information, visit Purica.com. The Big Carrot is a worker-owned natural food market that's been committed to local, organic, non-GMO, and sustainable food systems since 1983. 
They're a one-stop shop offering produce, grocery, bulk, body care, and holistic dispensary. The juice and smoothie bars and kitchens serve up hundreds of healthy dishes and drinks daily. Building community is at the core of their vision, which they deliver through education, outreach, and giving. They want everyone to share in the goodness they offer. Visit their website for more information at thebigcarrot.ca. You're listening to The Tonic on Sumer Radio. Teresa Vasilopoulos is the executive director of the Wood Green Foundation. She joined the organization in May of 2017 and brings to Wood Green over 20 years of experience as a senior executive with an impressive track record in planning and execution of several multi-million dollar campaigns for organizations like WE and the Michael Guerin Hospital. Teresa is a respected and trusted leader, a consensus builder, an authentic and motivational communicator with strength in building profile, forging enduring donor relationships, and exceeding ambitious revenue targets. As executive director of Wood Green Foundation, Teresa is responsible for the strategic direction of the foundation, drawing on her extensive leadership, fundraising experience, and wisdom to help shine a spotlight on this truly exceptional organization. Welcome to The Tonic. Thank you so much. So, Wood Green. What is Wood Green? So, Wood Green is a community service organization. It uh, services about 37,000 people in the city of Toronto, and it does everything from child care through to elder care. So, uh, it helps people that are homeless. It helps new Canadians settle into Canada. It really sort of does the whole spectrum of everything you can imagine that is needed in the social service sector. And it's connected with the United Way, right? That's right. We're an anchor agency for United Way, and we're, we've been in uh, business for about 80 years. It's fair to say that a lot of what you deal with is poverty within the city, right? Absolutely. It's sort of uh, poverty and the impact of poverty on people. Well, I'm glad you're here today because we really have not addressed this on the show and we're coming up on two years of shows. So I I think it's interesting to have you in and and discuss how poverty in the city is impacting the city, the overall health of everybody that lives there. So what are you seeing in the front lines about poverty in Toronto? It's interesting. I think the biggest thing that we're seeing is that the face of poverty is changing. So having had years of experience in the healthcare setting, I've seen the sort of impact of poor determinants of health on people. But what we're seeing in today's market or in today's world, I would say, is that we're seeing people that you wouldn't have thought that would be so close to the poverty line in the in the past. So people, as the wealth gap is widening, they're starting to sort of fall through the cracks. So now it can be a friend, a neighbor, it could be a colleague at work, or it can even be a family member member that has sort of a hit a bump in the road and they might have had a mental health issue or they lost their job or just a change in circumstance that have sort of spiraled them into poverty. Or a new landlord raising rents and all of a sudden, you know, there's no easy place to live in the neighborhood, something like that, right? Absolutely. You have a new campaign that's coming out, and that's the reason you're on today. Tell us about that. So we're doing an awareness campaign right now, and it's called Less Homeless. And the idea is, how do we start the conversation? Because I would say the biggest thing I noticed coming into the social service sector was the lack of education around what the issues are. There's lots of people that want to help, and I've talked to lots of donors that are interested in helping, but they said they don't know where to start, and they don't know what they can do. So what we thought was really, there should be a bit of an awareness campaign about how do we start looking at the health of our city and create less homeless in our city. And so by doing that, you're sort of shining a spotlight on the social service sector and and looking at all of the issues. Right. So what you're saying then is 
we we need to understand what the issue is and then once we understand it it's it's sort of easier to get people involved right like we may not understand exactly what's going on absolutely and that's exactly what what we're finding i think once people understand and then realize how they can help then there's a there's a sort of a bigger call to action so we sort of are doing phase 1 as a bit of an awareness campaign and then we're uh, launching sort of a multi-million dollar campaign called the difference makers campaign which will address a broader issue in the social service sector but we felt that it needs an awareness campaign at the front end so what are some of the information or what are some of the facts about homeless people in the city that people may not realize that if you told them would would really be uh, an eye-opener? Well, I think one of the things is there's about a thousand women and children that are in homeless shelters every night, which is astounding when you think of, you know, how many people are living like that and the impact that that might have on young kids. There's also about uh, over a hundred thousand people on the waiting list for housing, for affordable housing. Oh gosh. And that's just continuing to grow. Yeah, that's scary. How do you feel that this new campaign, the Less Homeless campaign, is actually going to help homeless people in the city beyond the education? Like, where do you see this going? I think the big thing is how do we start to broaden the awareness and then get more people involved and and interested in figuring out how they can help. We've actually had a number of uh, sort of Toronto philanthropic and corporate leaders come together around our table at Woodgreen, which has been great. And we've invited some developers as well. And so we're all looking at what are innovative ways that we can start to address issues in the city and make the city more equitable and livable for everyone. So when you're dealing with the developers, and we've had developers on the show before, are you talking about sort of parsing? off some of the buildings that they're putting together for more affordable housing so maybe a floor has affordable housing that sort of thing or yeah and I think they're they're looking at all kinds of ways so in some ways we're looking at can we partner with them and uh, redevelop properties or build new properties and so Woodgreen is sort of leading in that area uh, the other thing is they're trying to look at how they can start to have mixed-use buildings but right. to make sure that it's something that's comfortable for everybody so the market rent people as well as the affordable housing people and so the good thing about an organization like Woodgreen is that we work with the tenants to make sure that they're successful. So we would we might put a, a mom and a child that have come through our Homeward Bound program and have now sort of had a change in the direction of their life and now are looking for a place and but can't quite make the regular rent. So uh, we would put them in there, but then we provide the supports and everything so that they sort of become successful tenants so that they're sort of long-term solutions and not sort of Band-Aid issues. Is Woodgreen acting as a landlord? or are they just sort of facilitating between the landlords and the tenants in this sector? We do both. We actually have uh, 12 different buildings that we own ourselves or lease. So we are the landlords of those. And then uh, we also have other buildings where we just manage them. We manage some units for Toronto Community Housing, for instance, and we also manage some for developers. So if a listener was interested in, in participating in the Less Homeless campaign, what can they do? Well, one of the things we're saying is to go to visit our website at uh, woodgreen.org. And uh, we have shirts available. If people make a donation of $100, they can uh, receive a shirt. And what we're saying is take a picture of yourself with the shirt on, post it, start the conversation. So walk around Toronto with your Less Homeless t-shirt on, uh, post it on social media, and uh, use the hashtag Less Homeless. And uh, they can visit us at uh, woodgreen.org and follow us on social, or they can uh, visit our website website and visit lesshomeless.ca. And that's good. And we're going to do that. I'm going to I'm going to slip on a shirt after the segment and uh, I'll be part of that campaign. 
I don't know if I'll be the poster boy, but I look pretty good in a T-shirt, and we'll see. <laughs> we'll see where that goes. That sounds uh, great. Now, if people wish to donate to the organization, where would their funds be going? Well, with the campaign, there's sort of five key priority areas: so housing, senior care, uh, newcomers, and youth services, and also housing. So housing is the big one where we are sort of pushing this campaign at the moment. Like, are you buying properties with a view to building more housing, or is this about maintaining existing housing or expanding it? One of the things we're doing is we're starting a housing fund so that we actually will be able to take, if, for instance, the city decides that they're giving properties up for renovation, then we'd be able to be sort of opportunistic and be able to move forward on those by having some funds available. Well, that that makes sense. Beyond awareness, so that's step number one, what comes next? What comes after awareness? I think just getting people more educated and and asking people to take action. So, you know, visit the website. We make some suggestions on how people can get involved. I think the big thing is um, it's a sector that probably has been under the radar for a long time. And I think our city is not as healthy as it used to be. So now is a time where we need to sort of really focus on that. So if I wanted to do something beyond donating, would I be able to donate my time or my my expertise such that it is? (laughs) Yes, absolutely. We're looking for all kinds of support. So the best thing is to reach out to our website and and connect with the team there. Fantastic. Okay, so beyond sort of these initiatives, how else is Wood Green involved in the affordable housing market in Toronto? What else are you doing? So we have, as I say, we have 12 different properties. We have about 800 um, units that we manage currently. We also are looking at all kinds of innovative ways to sort of, you know, connect people to housing. So we have people that can come into our location and we help provide housing or we get supports to actually help them find housing. We're also working with youth that are aging out of the foster care system that are looking for housing and uh, helping them with either housing supports or trying to find them housing within the community. Okay, so we have time for one last area to go over and that is there's uh, sort of a day that's coming up that's important to your initiative. What's that? So there's World Homeless Day, which is taking place on October the 10th. And one of the things that we're doing in this uh, sort of drive to uh, raise more awareness is asking people to wear the t-shirt, post a picture, and we're hoping that people will post it on World Homeless Day to sort of bring a greater attention to uh, Toronto's homeless issue. And uh, we're inviting all uh, celebrities and, and local Torontonians and everybody that is interested to wear a shirt and to help us create a city that has less homeless. Well, that's fantastic. And really sort of a, a noble cause for sure. So one last time, if people want to get involved with this, what's the website they should go to? Woodgreen.org would be the best place for them to go. Fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. We've got to take a short break, but we'll be right back on The Tonic. Introducing the all-new Ketoplex line of intelligent ketogenic solutions, including MCT-8X by NuvoCare Health Sciences. Not only will it effectively transition your body into ketosis, the body's fat-burning state, it will also be your secret weapon to beat those uncomfortable side effects known as keto flu. Try the Ketoplex line of products with Nutrisentials Zen Energy to maximize your keto transformation. For more information as to where to get the Ketoplex line of products, including Whole Foods, please visit nuvocare.ca. That's N-U-V-O-C-A-R-E.ca. The Zoomer Show, Canada's largest expo for living well, is back at the Entercare Centre in Toronto on October 26th and 27th. There's hundreds of exhibitors, the latest trends in health, fitness, food, and travel. And there's live music, too. Plus, there's an expert panel on medical cannabis hosted by me, Jamie Busson, and a special appearance by hockey legend Wendell Clark. 
The Zoomer Show, presented by Chip Reverse Mortgage. You can visit zoomershow.ca and enter promo code TONIC to get tickets for only $10. That's zoomershow.ca, promo code T-O-N-I-C. The Zoomer Show, live longer, live better. This is The Tonic on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. Shauna Lindson is a registered dietitian with over 25 years of nutrition experience. She worked as a clinical dietitian at Sunnybrook Health Science Center in nephrology and neurosurgery for 12 years. Since leaving the clinical setting, she's been working in the community as a consulting dietitian. She's a program developer and nutrition leader at Wellspring Cancer Support Network and enjoys seeing clients virtually and doing corporate wellness lectures. Most recently, she's developed cooking demonstrations that combine scientific knowledge with culinary education for her clientele. Her demonstrations are unique, informative, delicious, and a lot of fun. You can find a list of her nutrition classes and recipes at shaunalinzen.com. Welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me back, Jamie. Fantastic. So this month, you're here to help me beat level 752 of Candy Crush, right? <laughs> no, that's not what we mean when we're talking about sugar control? Oh, candy. No? Okay. So let's. what are we talking about today when we talk about sugar control? So we're talking about when we discuss how to keep your blood sugar level stable, people often think of what they shouldn't eat, not what they should eat. Ah. So for instance, the main mistake that people make when trying to control their blood sugars is cutting out carbohydrate. Unfortunately, if you cut out carbohydrate, you're cutting out something big, the F word. What's the F word? Fiber. Ah. And what does fiber do? Fiber maintains our blood sugar levels. So it becomes counterproductive. So because the fiber helps us retain blood sugar levels, if we're not having the fiber, the sugar dissipates more quickly. We need more sugar, but we're not having the sugar if we're not having the carbs. Exactly. And some people, what they'll do is they'll pull out the fiber and they'll start putting artificial sweeteners in. And what do the artificial sweeteners do? They kind of mess with your brain. Your body, meaning your internal organs like your pancreas, may think that it gets tricked. It thinks that you ate sugar, but you didn't. So insulin may be secreted, right? So there are studies saying that artificial sweeteners may not be good in that regard. Well, I see another problem too. A lot of people are on the keto diet and uh, that cuts out all the carbs, which means you have a sugar deficiency and you start relating to the ketones, but keeping your energy up during the day without getting sort of the keto flu is a a problem. Have you ever tried the keto diet? I have not. And I, I don't think I could do it. I know my mindset. I just don't think I can do it. The main issue is constipation. Okay. And if you do the keto diet really well, like you add in like lots of herbs and green vegetables that are lower or devoid of sugar or the carbs, the very low carbs, that will help. But unfortunately, when you're eating super high fat and high protein, you are eating low fiber. Right. So that's a real big issue. So it's a that's a completely separate topic. For of, another day, maybe. For another, oh, that's a great topic, actually. We should totally do that topic. It's a really hot topic right now. So carbs give us energy. Right. So if we're not consuming carbs, we're getting the energy from our stores. Which is fat. Or glycogen. And right. once you use up your glycogen, which is um, stored in your muscles and your heart, you're depleted of it and you're going to be tired. Right. So how do we keep from getting fatigued? So what you want to do is you want to eat the complex carbs. You want to um, fuel yourself 
with the three special macronutrients, right? Which are? Which are. There's a trio there of fat, protein, and fiber. Okay. So how do we do that? What do we do? So what you want to do is you want to, in my opinion, it's really important to have mixed meals and to eat, and you know I'm going to say it every segment, whole foods. Right. So when you eat the whole foods and you're not eating the processed foods, you want to choose foods that are high in protein, and that's um, fish. And it depends. Like everyone can fit into this category. If you're a vegan or a vegetarian, the protein foods would be from beans, nuts, legumes, seeds, that type of thing. If you're a meat eater, you want to eat some good lean meat, chicken, fatty fish, that type of thing. That's protein. And then when we move into the healthy fats, you want to have things like avocado, nuts, seeds, olive oil, very healthy fats. And then fiber comes from the complex carbohydrates. Like whole grains, right? Like whole grains, also nuts, seeds, that type of thing. So... Mainly whole foods are where you get the fiber. Once you start getting into processed foods, you actually get some processed fiber, like inulin or chicory root, right? which is a whole other topic too. We have so many things to talk about, Jamie. We do. Well, where do we go next? <laughs> so what you want to do is you want to focus on choosing complex carbohydrates instead of simple carbohydrates. So give me an example of each so we know what to avoid and what we should Okay, so complex carbohydrates are things like a whole apple with the skin right. and the fruit, right. a whole bean with the skin with the inside of the bean. Right. That's a complex carbohydrate that gets broken down into our system into simple carbohydrates. Okay. Okay, I'm going to give you an example of simple carbohydrates. Sugar, right? Right. That's already broken down. Even milk sugar, all sugar are simple carbohydrates. Okay. So complex carbohydrates are usually full of fiber, and simple carbohydrates aren't. Okay. So what nutrients should we focus in on to maintain our our blood sugar levels? So mainly you want to focus on eating a combination of the trio of those macronutrients. So fat, protein, and fiber. So let's go into practical terms now. Okay. And we're going to go into foods. So for instance, if you have, let's say a banana and you put some, so that's, there's some fiber in there. You put some nut butter And some hemp seeds or some chia seeds, or you make a chia seed pudding with the three of those. Where people start running into problems is when they start thinking that, "Uh uh-oh, I can't eat fruit because there's sugar in it. But guess what? There's two other things in your fruit. There's complex carbohydrates, which is the fiber, and there's another thing called phytochemicals. What are phytochemicals? Phytochemicals are plant chemicals that our bodies need to keep them healthy. So they're good in terms of cancer prevention. They're good in terms of helping us absorb nutrients. Right. And if we start eliminating fruit, like I've been doing this for 27 years. I still have people saying to me, "Uh uh-oh, I can't eat an orange or a banana because it's too high in sugar. No, 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 no. Gummy right. bears are too high in sugar. Or even orange juice, right? But if you're if you're gonna have the orange, if you have the pith, if you have the you know, you're not gonna eat the seeds or the or the skin, but if you're having the whole fruit, you're gonna get the fiber which counterbalances the sugar that you might be yes. intaking. And there's another thing I'd like to talk about when we talk about the whole fruit versus the juice, the chewing action. Right. So if you chew, let's say if you chew the orange, you're eating the peel, you're eating the pith, you're eating the yeah. white part, you're eating 
everything. And if you just chug back a glass of orange juice, even if there's the pulp in there, you're still not getting the middle stuff. So why is chewing so important? Though? So the chewing actually helps with your brain figuring out that you're eating something versus if you drink it. So your insulin may shoot out quicker when you're just glug, 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 yeah. a glass of orange juice. Whereas when you chew, that's when the secretions start coming out of your mouth. The enzymes start coming out your mouth level your stomach level, your pancreas level, and it goes into the intestine. So it's very complex. It's just not as simple as fruits whole, juice isn't. Right. And the other thing is portions, right? If you're having juice, you're not necessarily having, like, you can't really equate X amount of juice with an orange that you might have. And similarly, you know, we have monster fruit right now. Maybe you don't need to have a whole monster I apple. Agree. Maybe you just have a half an apple. Or you have a smaller apple, for example. Fruits changed over the years. Yeah, like right. when we used to say an apple is a medium apple, what yeah. does that even mean? Right. Yeah. I, 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 there was a scene in Mad Men, which this particular scene took place in the early 70s, and they were eating a peach or a nectarine. I can't remember what it was, but it was one of those tree fruits, and it was tiny. And I remember uh, an interview with the producer, and he made a point of saying the foods that people ate back in the 70s, the fresh fruit was completely different than the type of monster fruit that we have right now. And that actual nectarine or peach or whatever it was, was an actual size. Like they went to the trouble of finding a wow. fruit that was actually would have existed. It took them a while. I'm sure it did, right? Yeah. Because that doesn't exist anymore. Even, even when you're buying locally, you're still getting those fruits that are not the same. And when you talk about that, what I think about is the plate size has changed too. A dinner plate was like a lunch plate versus a dinner plate in the 1960s was totally different. We, they've grown. Everything's grown. Our, our society has grown. Right. Yeah. So, okay. Well, we have time for one more question. So it's three o'clock in the afternoon and I'm feeling depleted. I need some brain food. What is your go-to snack? So the go-to snack should be something planned. Okay. And I always say to people, every day three o'clock comes around and we're always shocked when we're starved. Right. Why don't we plan for it? Yeah. We're shocked. So what would I suggest? Something that has the trio of macronutrients, fat, yeah. fiber, protein. So that could be some Greek yogurt with some walnuts on it and some raspberries. Perfect. Sounds good to me. Me too. Fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thanks for having me, Jamie. You'll come back next month, please? Absolutely. Fantastic. We've got to take a short break, but we'll be right back on The Tonic. I'd like to give a shout out to our new sponsor, Omega Alpha. This company is 100% Canadian owned. Their team consists of allopathic and naturopathic doctors, nutritionists, researchers, and other scientific professionals, all led by their CEO, Dr. Gordon Chang. Formulations are created on their 40,000 square foot facility located in Toronto. Omega Alpha uses only the highest quality ingredients to manufacture the most efficacious yet price-friendly nutraceuticals. For more information about Omega Alpha, visit OmegaAlphaInc.com. Now that summer has given way to the 9 to 5 grind, Tabasco and Egg Farmers of Ontario have created delicious breakfast recipes for 7 Days of Eggs, showing Canadians how to shake up their workweek breakfasts. With 7 different sauces, it's easy to spice up a scramble or heighten the flavor of a ho-hum sandwich for different eggs every day of the week. To get you started, Tabasco and Egg Farmers of Ontario are giving away five prizes of $1,000 in groceries. Visit tabascosauce.ca for contest details and to find quick, delicious, and nutritious breakfast recipes, including some that are perfect for meal prepping for even the busiest of mornings. 
Hi, this is Jamie Busson. I'm not only the host of the Tonic Talk Show, I'm also the publisher of Tonic Magazine. Tonic is a health and wellness magazine distributed with the Globe and Mail to home subscribers in the most affluent neighborhoods in Toronto. It's also available free on racks at over 150 locations across the GTA. For more information about Tonic Magazine, visit tonictoronto.com. Hey, if you like the Tonic Talk Show, you'll love Tonic Magazine, and vice versa. This is The Tonic on Zoomer Radio. Dr. Stacey Irvine is the co-founder of Totem Life Science. The philosophy and identity of Totem have been greatly influenced by Stacey's love of athletics and her passionate belief that everyone will benefit from a healthy, active lifestyle in their own unique way. Through her work as a chiropractor and strength and conditioning specialist, Dr. Irvine's clientele ranges from beginners just starting out on an exercise program to elite and professional athletes looking for advanced rehabilitation and training program strategies. She's made several appearances as a fitness expert on CityLine, Canada AM, Global Television Network, City TV, WTN, and is frequently quoted as a fitness expert in Chatelaine, Glow Magazine, More Magazine, Zoomer, and the Toronto Star. And she's here today on The Tonic. Welcome. How are you? I'm doing great. Bring on the fall. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so my wife rolls on a roller every single night. And that's only part of her regime. The other part of the regime is she yells at me because I am not on the foam roller every night like she is, right? She's on it. I like that. I like that. But it's important for her because it helps with her mobility and flexibility, right? It is very important. And it's tough, as you know, because she's yelling at you. Yeah, exactly. Well, figuratively yelling. She's not really a yeller, but, you know, in my my head, I hear it as she's yelling at me. I got it. So... It's not the most exciting thing to work on. But it's important, right? It's so crucial. It's so crucial to your performance. It's so crucial to preventing injury. Yep. And you know that feeling when you kind of get up from a chair and you're all feeling stiff and your hips are stiff? When you do the extra work, you can kind of reduce the amount of time that you feel that stiffness in your muscles. And to me, that's really important. That's why we do these things. We do these things so that we can run around and feel good while we're running around. Exactly. And, and you know, nobody wants to do the work. I, I, I work out at one location, not Totem, but another place. <laughs> and uh, I do strength training classes. And one of them is 75 minutes long, which is a long, wow, it's a that big is, class. That's a big class, yes. And I said to them at the end, I said, instead of doing X, Y, and Z for 75 minutes, why don't we take the last little while and work on a roller or just do some stretching? I love that. And they said, yeah, we think that's a great idea, but nobody wants to do it. You're right. And it's hard to get people to do it. It Uh, really is until they're injured. And then it's in many ways, it's too late. Yeah. So is it too late for me? It's not too late for you. And look, you have the idea in your head and you really, you really should have this as part of your program. Right. Um, I always say there's pillars to fitness. You know, one pillar is cardiovascular. One pillar is your strength. And another super important pillar is your mobility and your flexibility. Which are two different things, right? They are two different things. So they get confused often. It is kind of a hot topic these days is what's mobility, what's flexibility, why are we using them interchangeably, which a lot of people do. And, right. and I, you know, I don't think it's a huge deal. I mostly just want people to work on their mobility and their flexibility. I don't really care what you call it. Right. 
But to educate your listeners, mobility is your body's ability to move around a joint. So if I'm sitting here on the radio doing wrist circles, yeah, nobody but can see it. Nobody me, can see it, but, but she's very flowy, right? So that's <laughs> that's mobility. How much can you move around a joint? Okay, so if you did an ankle circle, or you know, like I'm doing wrist circles, that's your mobility, and that's our definition of it. Flexibility. We are talking more about the muscles and the tendons themselves. So if I had you. Laying on a bed, and I said, you know, can lift your leg for me, and that would be your active range of motion. Is how high can you lift it by yourself? Yeah, you'd be surprised. I'm very、uh, flexible. Right, I like that. But my my mobility isn't quite as. Good as my flexibility, exactly, and that's a really important point. So flexibility is something that's more passive. So then, if I took your leg, I'd probably be able to lift it quite high、yep. because that muscle is flexible on you. Believe it or not, people who are hypermobile. Or very flexible are actually at a higher risk of being injured when they go out and do sports. I believe that. Do you? That okay, makes、good. sense. Well, yeah. And we were talking about your knee the、yep. other day, and、yep. and so there are people that genetically their joints just kind of have a little bit more motion on them. Yep. And as we get older, that definitely works against us. Okay, so when you're a kid, that extra motion can be okay. You do the splits a million different ways. You know, you're you're okay because your muscles, you're active. Right. Right. As soon as we get to the point in our life where maybe we're sitting more in the day than we are being active, those joints start to get weak around them, and that's where mobility comes into play. Mobility is a type of training where we want to take the joint to the end range of motion, and then we want to strengthen there. Hmm. Because that's where the injury is going to occur. It's when your leg uncontrollably, you know, you slip on the ice and、exactly. your leg goes far away, right? Because you don't have the strength out there, and that's why mobility is such an important concept. Is how far can you actively move around a range? Because、right. your control of it is crucial, right? And if you're doing a set of,、uh, exercise, let's just say a squat or a lunge,、mm-hmm. right? For the most part, you're doing a rote exercise with a limited range of motion in a particular. Direction, but the、exactly. injuries come when you're doing, let's say, when you're running、yes. or you're playing a sport, and、yes. you're changing direction, and you're not necess- your body isn't necessarily aligned for the movement、yes. that it's making, and that's where the injuries come. That's where the injuries come. You're exactly right, and this is the really interesting piece about mobility is that. I'll give you a good example. So, a squat. What、yeah. you mentioned is a very good example. And sometimes people continue to do squats in the wrong way because they don't have mobility. Correct. So, lots of times we put the weights under the ankles because they're missing ankle mobility, or we lower our distance in the squat because all of a sudden their lower spine starts to curve in the wrong direction. Yeah. So, my theory is that you really should work. To get the mobility before you try to do a ton of squats and load the weights up onto the squats, right? Like let's、yeah. get that let's get that movement right first. Well, and that's a really good reason to see a professional, a personal trainer,、mm-hmm. or to go to a class because your form. Really makes a difference. It's when, crucial when you're executing these exercises. Like it's a total waste of time to go to strength training if you're not using the proper form because you're number one, you're probably going to hurt yourself. Yes, you are. And but second of all, you're never going to achieve what you could achieve with proper form. Right. And sometimes you'll end that workout and you won't feel great either.、Yeah. You know, the next day you'll wake up and you'll be like, "Why does my low back hurt?" Another really good example of that is shoulder press. So you'd be amazed <laughs>、yeah. at how many people, if you can't lift up your arm 
by your ear. If you don't have that mobility, you kind of have no business doing a shoulder press. Correct. Because your shoulders are curved in, which is lots of us. We work at a computer all day. You know, that tightness across the front of your chest is really hard to battle on a day-to-day basis. But if you can't lift your hand up straight, if you don't have that mobility, then don't go grab some heavy weights and start doing straight overhead shoulder press because, again, that is going to cause tendinosis in your shoulders pretty much guaranteed. Yep. And I just did some shoulder presses the other <laughs> night. That's why I was nodding. And some of us were having an easier time of it until we started using our core to assist Good. and bend our knees. Right, and get and the I right act- posture. And I actually, I got up, I, I was doing, you know, multiple reps at, at about 130, which is good for you. Which is pretty good That's for my age. Very good. That's um, very good for any age. Um, <laughs> so, are, so is mobility more important than flexibility then? Is that what you're saying? It is. It, it is because mobility is more of an active term and that's what we're really going for. Okay, so maybe you can do the splits in different... I cannot, okay, right, me neither. <laughs> but that lots of times, unless you're a gymnast or a ballerina, that doesn't translate into our everyday activities. Right. So to me, mobility is a definition of what are you doing every day? So are you on a bike? Are you lifting weights? Are you doing yoga? What is it that you're doing? And then you have to make sure that you have the mobility, which is the strength in all those range of motion so that you're doing what you want to be doing properly. So I really think that training and mobility, and you know what, let's face it, it's a little more fun because it's active. You have to be very specific when you train it, but the training involves more movement. It involves a little more strengthening in those end ranges. So so you can make it fun and definitely more practical. So we've made our case for why it's important. Let's scare people now. What, what, what happens What happens if you start undertaking some of these more difficult, challenging exercises and you don't have the mobility? What kind of injuries are we looking at? We're looking definitely at like low back pain would be a very yeah. common, you know, so we'd have a degenerative disc disease, right. unfortunately. In our knees, we would be looking at kind of osteoarthritis in our shoulders, we're commonly looking at a tendinosis. Shoulders are very interesting because the rotator cuff is essentially strings that hold our arm into place. But if you don't have the mobility to get them in the right position before you exercise, you will end up irritating those tendons that are in the wrong position. And it's super common. And lots of times people don't even, you know, they're like, oh, I hurt my shoulder. So they stop being active. And that's the part that I hate. Right. It's like, don't stop. Get it figured out. Get more mobile. Your rehab should be exercises usually. Right. And, and I find, you know, if you, particularly it's great if you're going to a class or you have somebody you're working with and you say to them, hey, you know what? I tweaked my knee the other day. You know, I'm just, I'm telling you right now, my range of motion isn't what it was maybe we could do some strengthening exercises so that I get that back or maybe there's an alternate exercise that I can do when everybody else is running side to side maybe there's something I could do maybe jumping jacks or something else so that I'm not putting more stress on it right it's a perfect strategy that is exactly what you want to do is you know don't push through these things make sure have a good range of motion or modify fantastic thank you so much for coming on the show today my pleasure we hope to hear back from you again soon take care Thank you for listening to The Tonic. You can listen or download this episode as a podcast with full show notes and links at thetonic.ca. To find out more about the show, you can follow us on The Tonic Talk Show on Instagram or Facebook. 
For great articles written by Joel Thuna and other interesting writers, be sure to pick up your copy of Tonic Magazine. Tonic's available free on racks at over 200 locations across the GTA and delivered with the Globe and Mail to home subscribers in 11 choice neighborhoods in Toronto. Or you can visit our website at tonictoronto.com. If you're interested in providing feedback or suggesting topics for the show, you can email me at jamie at tonictoronto.com. Please join us next week on The Tonic when we'll discuss new trends in healthy foods, eye health, and how to achieve goals like successful people do. Until then, this is Jamie Busson wishing you a healthy and happy week. Please consult a healthcare professional before starting any diet, exercise, supplementation, or medication program. This has been a paid announcement. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.